This podcast contains language that is not appropriate for children. But if your kid is smart enough to find our podcast, then I guess they deserve to hear us talk about some weird shit. This week's episode is brought to you by homeopathy. For when you want to say, fuck medicine, let's get drunk instead. Hello and welcome to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan, and tonight I'm joined by my good friend Natalie. Hey, how's it going? And our bad friend Devin was unable to make it tonight, but he'll be back next week with a very special guest. But tonight we have a guest. We have Dr. Clay Jones. He is a pediatrician at Newton Wesley Hospital in Newton, Massachusetts, and he's going to be talking with us about naturopathy and all the bullshit that surrounds it. You can also find Dr. Jones on the PRISM podcast, which he does with Dr. Grant Ritchie. Also on Twitter at, at SkepticPetty, and we'll have links to all this in the show notes. So we're going to jump right into it. And uh, Dr. Jones, uh, why don't you tell us a little, little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Well, hey, Dan. Hey, Natalie. Hey. First off, thanks for letting me come on the show. Just your second episode. I'm <laughs> oh, it is. It it, is it's, our, it's our pleasure, pleasure for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Clay. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so I am a pediatrician. I've been practicing for about 13 years. Um, I am a, what's called a hospitalist, so I really only take care of children in the hospital. I don't have like my own practice where I see well child checkups and that kind of stuff. I mostly see newborns, but I also see a fair amount of ill children admitted to the hospital through the emergency department or sent in from their pediatrician. And I have a passion for researching and reading about, thinking about, talking about, writing about alternative medicine and pseudoscience and medicine. Mm -hmm. I write for the science-based medicine uh, blog at sciencebasedmedicine.org. I've been doing that for about three years. And that was my stepping stone to speaking at Nexus, which was a fantastic and fun opportunity. Got to meet a lot of great people like you guys and got to talk about something I'm passionate about. Awesome. Well, so you said the idea of like alternative medicine, and that's something I wanted to bring up with you. Um, I mean, what does that mean to you, the idea of alternative medicine? I mean, shouldn't it just be sure. medicine? Maybe? What should be? It should, it should be there's, there's medicine that works, that's been shown to work using you know, good quality evidence. There's things that have high plausibility, and maybe the evidence isn't quite there yet, but... Um, Again, there's plausibility and maybe a mechanism of action that makes sense. Um, You know, there's things that we haven't quite studied or proven yet. And then there's things that have been proven to not work at all. Mm -hmm. And there's things that, again, haven't been studied at all. And alternative medicine, for the most part, well, almost by definition, falls into those latter two. It either hasn't been studied at all um, or it's been studied and proven to be completely ineffective, like homeopathy or, you know, acupuncture. Right. And so what alternative medicine essentially is, is a marketing term uh, used to sell these disproven or unproven therapies to to people by making it sound, um, you know, like it's something special, something mm-hmm. different from conventional medicine and, you know, something. There's all kinds of marketing terms to use, like it's natural Right. I mean, right. The word, the word natural is, I mean, it's a buzzword everywhere. It seems like whether it's medicine or food or whatever, um, that just appeals to people because they want, they want something that they think is kind of 
outside of the realm of, I don't know, like a laboratory, maybe? Or well, well nature is. Nature is everything. I'm saying nature is comforting. Mm-hmm. Nature is it's warm and snuggly. You know, like you know, like like tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Natural, and, <laughs> yes. And yeah, and, and cyanide. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's. And bears. You know that you can trust it. Right. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. At least, but you know what? But you know what? Tornadoes and cyanide and bears, they're consistent. And there's something to be Consistently said wanting to kill you. Yep. They're, Nature yeah. will kill you. Nature will absolutely kill you. And, but. Yeah. And I mean, what is, what is life but just a constant struggle to avoid dying? Well, there we go. Much. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, we're we're just trying not to die right now. Um, that's it. <laughs> as, yeah, as as I took a swig of whiskey. Didn't you didn't you see that article recently about the the woman who's 120 years old, and she has a she drinks whiskey every single day and like eats eats a yes. half a pound of bacon yeah. every other week. Um, so I mean, clearly those things. Are good for you and keep you alive. Absolutely. So because that lady lived. I don't want to. Li- I don't want to be 120. Like everybody that you know has died. Like you are so lonely. Well, you want to have a good quality of life for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. If someone said you can live to 120 and still feel like you're 30, I don't know how, how old you guys are. 30 would feel pretty good. I'm. To I'm. Me I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 32, and I'm like, and this is this is really good right now. I. I'd be cool with being. I'm 32, and yeah. I, I definitely don't feel like it when I when I was 25. Well, I see. See, I feel like I feel yeah, like so thir- had- I feel like this is great. My my time right now is I'm I'm awesome. So I'll take. Yeah, so five. if you felt like this for another hundred years, I I'd be like, yep, okay sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, nobody yeah, should want to live to 120 to the point where they can't hear, they can't see, they have no, you know. Right, if you just feel like shit all the time, like, like no. Be walking around yeah. fine, and then the next day, just car accident at 70 or whatever. But see, like, my, and, my right. issue with all of that is that, you know, these, you know, the homeopathy, the naturopathy, like, they, they promise something, it seems like. This, whether it's quality of life or whatever, yet obviously don't deliver. And can have you know, detrimental effects, I would think. I mean, do you, Clay, do you see people yeah. who who come to you or come to your hospital who are, you know, dealing with, you know, kind of traditional, regular, I mean, what I would say, medicine, and then alternative medicine at the same time, or? I, I do, but probably to a lesser degree than, say, David Gorski, mm-hmm. who writes for science-based medicine and is a cancer surgeon. Yeah. Um, life-threatening illnesses, severe chronic illnesses, tin to uh, leave patients more prone to uh, grasping at Mm -hmm. alternative medical straws. Yeah. I mean, I mostly take care of children with either self-limited illnesses that still put them in the hospital, can still make them sick, but I'm I'm generally providing supportive care. Or they have things that I can treat with antibiotics or oxygen or, you know, I I don't take care of a lot of children that are going to be high risk for alternative medicine. Mm -hmm. But of course, that actually raises the question, once again, we can go back to what you asked a minute ago. What the hell is alternative medicine? Yeah. It's such an umbrella category. I mean, they lump everything into yeah. that, even things that blatantly are not alternative. Like, you should quit smoking and exercise more. Like, like that. No shit. <laughs> that's us. I mean, yeah. That's, like we that, can't live with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like that's not alternative Re- relaxation. That's such a thing. Like, no, <laughs> right. Like I tell people they should relax more all the time, and I might give them tips. Um, you know, oh, I am teenagers. So, I, I I make it a habit to relax like all the time. So you're super right, healthy. If, if, Good uh, job. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna live to 120. Yeah. But totally. If, uh, you know, a naturopath tells you, well, you know, go get acupuncture or Reiki, um, or you know, use my NASA grade low intensity infrared laser. <laughs> Thing. whatever yeah. chair with with magnets you know it, they'll sell that as alternative medicine but really a lot of it is just yeah you you relax a little bit and that that makes a lot of things feel better and you well i mean it, it seems it seems as like it doesn't cure meningitis right but it seems like <laughs> that it's in oh. some ways it's common sense disguised as something that you pay people a lot of money for and I mean, I like I kind of have a problem Absolutely. with that as a, you know, as somebody I mean, my you know, one of my things that I look at a lot as, is parents and how parents, you know, want to do the best for their children and then, you know, take take their kids and spend money on their children's health for things that I mean, it's bullshit. It's frustrating. It's angering because, you know, some things we don't know in medicine. And, and sometimes yeah. I have to make recommendations based on limited data and have to say what I think is the best choice, but there's multiple options um, that you could argue are best. And you, you do shared decision-making with the family. Um, mm-hmm. But then some, there are some things that, that I know based on incredible amounts of data, like the safety and efficacy of the, the vaccine schedule. And... Mm-hmm. These parents, yeah, that, are, yeah, are yeah it's, absolutely, they are absolutely victims. I think that's where these uh, natural remedy, natural doctors find find that is in those gaps where we're, you know, we don't have all the data, we don't have, you know, a large body of evidence to support something. They can say something that, you know, on a on a superficial level makes sense, and in, into to a parent that you know, just wants to do the right thing makes sense to them. But in, in reality is either, you know, something that it, you know, either is common sense, like we talked about before, or just, you know, doesn't have any, any, any evidence to support it or doesn't have any, any actual data supporting it. No, I mean, it's hard enough to be a parent and then to, I don't know, to, to kind of have to question everything, whether their doctor is telling them the truth or whatever. I mean, I like, I know it has to be stressful. It it has to be. And I at least feel so much comfort in the fact that I can take my child to the doctor if it is time for them to get a shot. Like, they get the shot because I know that the consensus on all of that is there. It's it's like a low-level and almost socially accepted conspiracy theory that doctor, like... Doctors don't know every like because they don't know right. everything. Well, you know, may, they might not know about this, or they may not, might not know about that. But I mean, you can make the same comparison to anybody with any anything. job. You can live like, your life in fear. They do ever like yeah. you don't know right. everything about everything, and if in and the asshole that says they know everything about everything is lying to you. But it's comforting oh. when yes. someone can come in and say with confidence that they know 
and they can validate your concerns. So, so it, I mean, it's amazing. It seems like the the claims that the the naturopaths and the you know pe- like practitioners of alternative medicine like they they seem very confident in their claims that they can help and treat and whatever. That's that's their whole business model it, is, is selling. Like half of it is selling that that feel good that. Yeah. You know, you're doing the right thing, and I feel better about doing the right thing. Yeah, so the feel good are the fear. I like that. They so, sell yeah. fear and feel good. Yeah, and I know, and they do they do a great job of of selling it um, as if you know healthcare and whatever is a is a commodity to to sell to people um, who are susceptible and gullible. So okay, so one thing though that I was when I was doing some reading on all of this is that. Like I came across the training that it would take for a naturopath to actually treat people. Um, we should be talking. And about I'm what just a curious, Clay. Is. Like as a yeah, you, you want to give a? Can you give a definition of what that actually is? Oh, um, absolutely. Is it whatever I want it to be? It, it's yeah. whatever they want it to be. Exactly. So right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, is. it is. That is that is the that is the epitome of natural. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, it is what it, it seems like it's whatever they want it to be at that moment for that patient. Um, Absolutely. They will do whatever. And so it's they're a field of what they would consider medicine. They, they're many that mm-hmm. consider themselves naturopathic physicians, in fact, uh, that they believe right. is the separate. Dist- now, can they. Do they, do they, no, I'm yeah, sorry to interrupt. Right. Do they brand themselves as that? Like, do they put that in, 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 in Well, it depends writing? on what state they're in. So only 14 states, I believe, right. uh, have uh, licensed naturopaths. Um, and so they can make different kinds of claims in the, in, in the other states where you, you can be a naturopath and have a clinic and see patients in a state that you're not licensed. You just are restricted in what you can call yourself can't call yourself a licensed board certified doctor of naturopathy. I think you can just have like a health clinic, but you can do a lot of the same stuff. Right. But you can essentially, you could give advice and you can, you know, tell people what to do with their health and well-being. Right. right. Which is like in, in Oregon, fucking dangerous. Yeah. Like but... in Washington, Oregon, somebody say it's where naturopathy has a, has a larger foothold. Um, for instance, I mean, they can prescribe medicines, they can prescribe antibiotics. I mean, mm-hmm. They can give IV, some IV medications or, or IV vitamins. And, uh, and, and they're trying in the courts to gain acceptance, get licensed in all 50 states, get a larger legal scope of practice to where they can prescribe the full range of pharmaceuticals, which seems counterintuitive, right? These are people that build their right. image about being natural and separate from big, from, you know, pharmaceutical industry funded big doctors, pharma. big pharma, Let's, yeah. but they, on some level, they know that what they have to offer doesn't actually work for, for many things. And so I think that they want to have that option mm-hmm. so they can be a one-stop shop for, for quackery. And if your kid does have an ear infection and doesn't get better, they want to be able to write for amoxicillin, but they, yeah, so naturopaths, right go through a training, you know, they have a four-year program, they, 
you know, learn about, there's a lot of overlap with what, say, I learned about in medical school. I mean, they'll learn about human physiology and human anatomy. Um, they'll learn about pharmacology to a certain extent, biochemistry. And the, the, they do have these classes, but they're largely going to be taught by people who aren't ex, necessarily experts in that field. Like I learned phys, human physiology from a physiologist. I learned anatomy from an anatomist. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I learned pediatrics from yeah. pediatricians, whereas... It, right, so so an expert in each field. Yes. Right, that you're learning so about, yeah. chiropractors are the same way. You know, naturopaths may hold up a list of, well, look at how many hours we did and see how it compares and, and maybe in some areas is even greater than a medical school education. So we're just as good, if not better, because... <laughs> We do everything you do, but then we also are holistic. Whatever that means. Right. And and so I can spend so a thousand now, hours dicking around on on yeah. Google, that doesn't mean I actually know anything or actually gain right. anything. It means it means I looked at a lot of cat pictures. <laughs> I mean you're an expert at that that is what that. you do. You look at cat yeah. pictures. He's he's an expert at cats. And that's, that's gonna, that's gonna come in yeah. handy one day. Um, I, I know it It does. I mean it it, well, it helps him with his social media game. For sure, yeah, the cats I do. Mean, cats are great. Cats are awesome, so. but that doesn't really help you in anything else in your life. So neither um, does naturopathy. Yeah, but but like I was looking, right? Exactly. Like I was looking at the hours um, in terms of like clinical training and naturopaths. It said something about required to have about eight hundred fifty hours. Um, Clay. Uh, when you were training to be an actual physician practicing medicine, I mean, I'm guessing you spent more than that much time with patients. Oh, right. So that, and... that's a huge distinction. So in medical school, yeah. the first two years are largely in a classroom and you, you, you have some incursions mm-hmm. into clinical practice. Um, you have introductions to clinical medicine. Right. You know, it varies from school to school a little bit. But then your, your third and fourth mm-hmm. year are 100% clinical where you spend – uh, all you do is see patients all day long under the guidance of, of residents mm-hmm. and fellows and, and faculty. And then, so at the end of, but at the end of medical school, so I did four years, I, I knew a lot, but I would be dangerous yeah. if all of a sudden I was out there practicing medicine. Like medical school. Like just into the world, into like the world, just go, Clay, do, do your thing. Yeah. So medical school, you yeah. learn a lot, but it's more about this foundation of of medical knowledge mm-hmm. and understanding the the terminology and how things work and a basic understanding of physiology yeah. and anatomy and biochemistry and all that stuff and then you go to a residency training which is at a minimum an additional 3 years but for some subspecialists it's 7 years a surgeon might be 10 years and then you're a fully board certified you know plastic surgeon that just does the left pinky but so you have an additional mm-hmm. thousands of hours. I mean, as, as a pediatric resident, I worked eighty hours right. a week for three years. So somebody do the math on that because that's a little bit more than I think um, eight hundred and fifty hours, it, right? It's it's so, a lot, and yeah. so many nature paths. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, they finish their four years of training, and many of them just go to work. And now certainly some of them have additional training and residencies and they can specialize in pediatric uh, naturopathy, just like same thing in chiropractic. But 
it, it is a fraction of the amount of time I spent taking care of ill children, recognizing the difference between a sick child and a, and a well child, learning the intricacies of pediatric care and becoming an expert in it, um, to claim that they, even the best pediatric nature path, knows a, a fraction of, of what, what I do, of what an average pediatrician knows it can do, is, is ridiculous. I mean, it's insulting and it's dangerous when it boils down to it. Well, and, and that's and that's and the I thing. Think you yeah. The same. I think you make the same comparison to just, just to relate it a little little better to, to people. Like whenever, like a lot of jobs will have like a ninety day like training period or or however long, and you get done with that training period, and sure you know how to do most of the job, but I mean you talk to somebody that's been doing the same job for five years or ten years or twenty years, they're gonna have a lot lot deeper knowledge and anything like that. So it's so so it's about the same thing. Or or even I can even compare it to when I, I used to be uh used to teach music. When I was teaching, uh my first year of teaching was drastically different than my Absolutely. third year of teaching. Like you just you just have so much and, and not not to compare that with being a physician at all because it's uh, apples and oranges. But but it's but it's just, any just profession. It's right it's any anywhere. any profession. Yeah. You just have that the, like the hands on knowledge, the actual being immersed in it and being around it in a. It, it's oh, I just get some. Yeah, it too. Anyway. But but so but but Clay, like you mentioned, as far as like a detrimental effect in terms of somebody, you know, a parent maybe sus- like subscribing to naturopathy instead of traditional medicine. I mean, what what kind of implications can that have on a family, a, a child's health? Like you know, speaking from like a pediatrician's point of view. Um, well, because I mean that that's that's my concern with all of this um, that people trust the this alternative medicine. Right. So, and, you know, thankfully, as opposed to what like what you're doing. Yeah. Thankfully, in the United States, as it as it now stands, um, if a parent only brings their baby to a nature path and then they they stick with the nature path all the way until mm-hmm. the the kid grows up and goes out into the world, um, there's actually a a reasonable good chance that no no harm will ever befall that child. Um, and that's because mm-hmm. most people are vaccinated. We don't have vaccine preventable illness out there. Um, most right. children or most kids when they're sick, they develop their, their self-limited problems that get better with supportive care with time. Um, but there are plenty of children out there that do develop serious illnesses, meningitis and pneumonias and lupus mm-hmm. and Crohn's disease. I mean, a, I could list a thousand. So the issue is, what happens when one of these unlucky kids is truly ill and then instead of going to an ER or to a pediatrician or family doc, they're brought to a naturopath. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with what happened mm-hmm. with that court case out of Ottawa recently where the toddler died yeah. from a uh, vaccine-preventable form of meningitis. Well, Suffered and yeah, died, Yeah, Dan actually – he. He wrote about that, I think, in in a blog post um, recently. Yeah. yeah, and they were like that was killed by nature. A fucking path. tragedy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti vaxxers, natural. Yeah, path. big big like, association between anti vaccine of... um, uh, tendencies and naturopathy. I mean, not all. Some nature paths are pro vaccines. We can't paint with too broad of a brush, mm-hmm. but I don't. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, Hashtag not all natural paths. Yeah. 
it doesn't the matter. Most I'm sorry. Pro-vaccine like, yeah. naturopath. The mo- that they're still not as good as your average pediatrician. A regular doctor. An yeah. actual right. fucking doctor. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they don't just hashtag kids. They that. See all ages. Act- actual fucking doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, like. No, because that that really is the concern is that, you know, parents, if they decide to trust or anyone, if if they decide to trust a naturopath over a a regular doctor, I mean, you roll the dice, the concern is what kind of implications that has. You you roll the dice. Absolutely. Yeah. And who wants to do that with their health? I mean, obviously people do. And actually, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like, why do you think that people will will trust their own health or the health of their child to a naturopath over a, you know, real yeah, doctor. Inter- internist I mean, I, I like, for, for lack of a better yeah. term, a real doctor. Well, I mean, it, it is yeah. true. Um, just because they have the name doctor on their uh, sign out front or business card doesn't mean that they're, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. Um, so the myth that the uh, significant portion of the alternative medicine community would want you to believe is that people turn to alternative medicine because they're mad at the inhuman, horrible, not holistic medical treatment in conventional medicine. And that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, certainly there are some people that would, f- that would fit that description. Absolutely. Um, but most people who seek out alternative medicine, even alternative medical providers like chiropractors or acupuncturists or naturopaths or homeopaths, they're actually okay with their, their regular doctor. They, they do both. And mm-hmm. they just yeah. have a worldview that is different than, say, us. So they, they the mm-hmm. natural, the holistic, it appeals to them. And so they're seeking out something mm-hmm. extra to maximize their health or their their child's health and so of course the problem is yeah. if uh, new parents bring their start bringing their baby to a pediatrician and a naturopath they they're then going to be exposed to the propaganda or often exposed to the propaganda about vaccines or about mm-hmm. anything you name it and so some of those anything, people are going right? to then yeah. question actual medical care and then some of those kids are going to suffer because their parents make that unfortunate decision to forego conventional medical care when it's truly needed like if, if Timmy has a cold and they go to a naturopath they're going to do fine but yeah. if Timmy's cold turn, develops but, into that's gonna, something else I mean that's going to yeah yeah it's going to resolve on itself probably right. either way I mean it may take a week whereas from a, with a real doctor, but if you go to a naturopath, I mean, it's only going to be like seven days. But it, but it's those no. other circumstances. Are you going like, to you know, edit in some laughter Canada. after that joke? <laughs> we, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll laugh after after you go away. I'll just I'll, I'll laugh and. Yeah. I thought that one. Like that one didn't for like okay, a half hour. For like. For like five minutes, yeah, I will laugh. And... I didn't. I didn't know where you're going. You're, you're, I was like, it took me a second because I was like, he just said a week as opposed to seven <laughs> days. Then I was like, oh, right, because like it's it's self limited. It doesn't matter what you okay. do, whatever you do, you yeah. can give the credit to it. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel free to edit that out. <laughs> no. 
No, I will. No, I will. I no, will he, edit. He's good at, at making us all sound a little better. But uh. <laughs> yeah, she says that like after like one episode. Well, hey, you know, our like I think our first episode was not that bad. So it was it was okay. it was okay. So it was okay. Let, we need to we need to we're 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 going yeah, longer. Up than my I, bad, my okay. phone my laptop's gonna okay. die pretty soon. All right. Okay, so yeah. so let, let's uh, just think how like what Dan what like what final question would you want to ask him while you have him? Uh, we were going to talk about the that petition. Oh, from oh, Brit. Oh, well, yeah. There, I mean, yeah, from Brit. Yeah. I mean, there there is the petition to essentially say that naturopaths are not physicians. Um, and what's your thought on that? I, mean, I, I certainly agree. I mean, in I, I think I know, but yeah. I agree in principle. I mean, yeah. I think it would be wonderful if hundreds of thousands of people signed this and it, politicians in different states mm-hmm. where there are laws uh, on the books or, I mean, uh, legislation being trying, trying to be passed through um, in the various state senates and, and houses. I mean, yeah. If they took that seriously and it, and it impacted, that'd be wonderful. And I certainly signed it without hesitation. Um, Right, you know, exactly. I don't have high hopes. Yeah. I'm maybe a little pessimistic. Yeah. Do, do you think, though, that, that naturopaths, like, you know, with their goal by 2025 to be considered physicians in all states, do you think that that is possible oh, yeah. in our current climate around? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the... Um, See, and I, and I think that that is fucking terrible. I mean, chiropractic but, is significantly mm-hmm. more ludicrous than... Right. Because, I mean... Yeah. Naturopaths do everything. I mean, acupuncture, homeopathy, right. crystal healing, aura mm-hmm. scraping, um, like whatever they do it. Whatever, whatever random shit. Yeah. But they also do yeah. some stuff like that magnets. makes sense. How do they work? Yeah, magnets. Mm-hmm. Um, but chiropractors. Magnets. How do they work? Yeah. Are completely ridiculous. I mean, for the most part, I mean, there's some that are kind of like mm-hmm. physical therapists and, and do, aren't, aren't be- too bad. But they got the 50th state. But they're they're cracking backs. Yeah. yeah. They got their 50th state in 1974. So, I mean, if they could do it, okay. I mean, I think the nature yeah. pass will get it eventually. But I hope not. I mean, do you, but nature pass are trying yeah. to so, do more I mean, than chiropractic. So do you they're think... trying to get, take a much, have a much broader scope. So maybe that will, some people will be afraid of that enough. Yeah. So do you think it's worse for them to, I guess, I guess in a sense, be unregulated like this? Or do you think it, it would be better not to necessarily license them, I guess, but to have some sort of someone, something somewhere actually like watching over them to be sure that, that, that hey, they're not actually giving legitimate medical advice or they're not treating kids with broken bones or they're not treating kids, you know, trying to keep, treat kids with meningitis. But we can do that without, I mean, any endorsement from the governments is, is bad. I mean, they mm-hmm. should essentially be treated yeah. no different right. than if just a random person who just one day decided he was going to be a doctor hung, hung up a sign. <laughs> yeah. Any legitimate any endorsement <laughs> licensing because what happens is and, and i know you guys know this they get licensed and then they have an infrastructure set up a board of naturopathy um you know all this stuff but it's all done by naturopaths well yeah right exactly and then all of a sudden they're they're 
they're board certified and whatever the fuck that means they're board right. certified and that sounds impressive and that's their they're entire by their peers. it sounds like it's right it yeah. feels like it's right oh, i'd love it if they let just but then doctors, it's like who- like medical doctors kind of restrict but them yeah. but they, then they just find medical but doctors you, that but you you guys just don't understand don't yeah, understand. they just find some shruggies, and so I think the correct answer is complete illegitimacy in the eyes of the government. And it's, I mean, it's just amazing. Like it's 2016, and at this point, like people do not trust, and and I, I don't know how, like how does that get combated? And I don't know, like for people to understand reason and consensus and medicine and, and what is what is safe. So I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, certainly uh, we need people like uh, you guys and the, the authors of science-based medicine and all the you know skeptical community to have a presence online to combat the Google phenomenon. Like it'd be one, like there are a lot of, um, like for instance, if you Google baby chiropractic or infant chiropractic or any combination of that, my article, one of my articles in SBM is almost always the top spot. Um, and so if we had mm-hmm. okay. more of an online presence in the, instead of when you Google something, they're going to get us instead of the, the quacks, but that even that won't be enough because we really need yeah. to have the, the government involved. Cause I mean, they're licensing quackery, they're allowing and endorsing quackery. And mm-hmm. until that goes away, the quacks can always say, what do you mean? I'm full of nonsense. I'm board certified by the U.S. Department of Education. Right. Like I'm legit. So how it's that's really hard to com- yeah. combat. Because board certified. I mean, how do you argue with that, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's all of us kind of speaking out against it. Maybe that could make yeah. a difference at some point. I mean, I, I guess I mean, certainly on an individual Maybe? basis. I mean, I think on an individual basis, but yeah. we have, you know, increasing numbers of people refusing vaccines. We've had some minor measles outbreaks. But right now, there's like 80 mm-hmm. or 90 kids at Harvard with mumps. Right. Um, of course, yeah. So, right. We need um, we need our government to help us out. Yeah, and, and um, in our in our podcast. Um, links you will see the link to a petition to essentially say that naturopaths are not physicians so to anyone who's listening please please sign that i think it's just you know making our voices heard as much as possible and it's got to come from the top so the aztec god of war and human sacrifice and all that good stuff and all that stuff so that's it worked out for them yeah. <laughs> 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 uh right right up until uh columbus and all them right yep then downhill from there I got into an argument with somebody about Christopher Columbus. They're like, he wasn't that bad. I'm like, are you like Wait, completely oh, ignorant I... of Latin American history? I mean, he was a he was a product of his of his times. Yeah, like I mean, 
I mean, I'm sure today he would probably be a little different, but at the same time, like, he was pretty fucking awful. That was, that, yeah, that that's not a winnable argument from anybody that Christopher Columbus was but fantastic. But in second grade, I, I, what I learned was that Christopher Columbus discovered America. Right? Yeah. And well, and actually, my my was birthday. With the indigenous people. My <laughs> birthday is, is usually was yeah. With them right before he raped them all and you know. Did all that great stuff. Great no, my birthday is like years. Columbus Day weekend usually in October, and I always thought it was really cool. I had a three day weekend for my birthday, but yeah. but now I'm just like, oh, I'd rather just celebrate my birthday, not genocide. So, <laughs> now now so I feel I'll, dirty I'll just, about it. Now I now I feel bad about always celebrating the long weekend because people died. But have have you heard how when Columbus's ships the the um Oh it's the Nina, the Pinta and the Santa oh, Maria. Yeah, yes, you're, because you're, I, I did you're right. take, I did take second grade whatever yeah. subject that was. When they sailed the the Native American you know or the indigenous people here, they couldn't see the ships because it was such a foreign concept to them, to their brains. It was like they were invisible. Have you heard this? No, this no. Myth? Please tell us the myth. We like myths. It's oh, just it, like religion. Is, so Google please. that. Like it's one of those things that people will say for, I don't know, just make some point uh-huh. um, about consciousness and awareness. And Well, I typed in, I typed in Native American didn't as to like didn't recognize or whatever and the the google term that like suggest a term is native american genocide didn't, happen. didn't happen. um but it did but it did so so i mean i guess this shows how reliable google is so anyone with the google phd take note like it's it's pretty wrong it's a thing oh everything's That's a, thing. a thing it's the so internet if, like if you google um columbus ships invisible there's all kinds of hits. There's even some Snopes <laughs> stuff on it. And so from the, this is an article from the Myth, the North Coast Journal of Politics, People, and Art, Myth of the Invisible Ships. Have you heard of the invisible ships phenomenon? Cited in several New Age books and movies, it goes like this. When Captain Cook slash Columbus slash Magellan, depending on the version of the story, arrived at wherever they arrived at, the native people ignored them because huge ships were so alien to their experience um, their highly filtered perceptions couldn't register what was happening, and they literally, literally failed to see the ships. And it's um, like it's obviously it's complete nonsense. Yeah, that's, that's really I mean, like the dumbest thing. Like I don't, I think. Yeah, I've yeah. Heard in the last I mean, we hear a lot of dumb stuff. How we shape our own reality by our own experiences. Blah blah blah. The secret. The secret. Yeah, that's, yeah. Just put be, it out. Put it out into the universe. Yada and, yada yada. Right. That stuff. Yeah. Wow, I like I had never heard that before, and th- I mean there is there is bullshit for everything. Like, Isn't that why you had me on the show? Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, actually, like I don't I don't really want to talk to you about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to talk to you about anything else. Like, give us more Christopher Columbus myths because I didn't know that that was a thing, but it's obviously <laughs> a thing. Oh, Christopher Columbus myths, clearly, yeah. clearly. Thank you so much for doing this with us. No yeah. problem. Yeah, thank you. Like though. we yeah, totally appreciate it. Definitely. Thank, thank you. you. Cool. Well, put the All link right. out when y'all are done, and yeah, check out Grant and I's podcast. We're curious we to see what, what you guys think. Oh, we will. Yeah, yeah, we'll have links to everything. Thank you, Clay. Thank yeah. you so much. I'll yeah. I'll talk to you on Twitter. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. 
you enjoyed our interview with Clay tonight, you can hear more of him on his podcast with dentist Grant Ritchie, who also writes for science-based medicine and was a speaker at Nexus on the Prison Podcast and also at prisonpodcast.com. So this week, our final segment is going to be why we love you <laughs> I can't. I can't even finish. Do you want me to do it? Uh, uh, it's you know, it's because I I just keep looking at their cover picture. And it's you, just mean, so you mean the awful. lion who is like, or or the or the bear? Which one? <laughs> Which lion? Which lion? <laughs> So the reason we love the internet this week is because of the Facebook page crap. <laughs> okay. It's because of the Facebook page. <laughs> no, I can't. can't I can do it. It's crap. It's crap. It's, 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 it's crap. No, I, I can't stop laughing. It's crap. Right? It's, because you. It's. Cra- I'm gonna have to add it the fuck out of this. It's crap tax. Hey, we're terrible so people. Okay, it's crap taxidermy. Crap, the crap the, the taxidermy. Facebook page is crap. <laughs> taxidermy. Oh, it's so good at being so bad. It's so amazing. And, and honestly, this is because of Devin. Oh, may he rest in peace. Right? Devin, we, we miss you and we love you. Um, thoughts and prayers, whatever. And he was the one who sent this Facebook page to me. And I mean, it's hard to describe because it's, I mean, like I'm looking at it right now and I feel like I want to spend the rest of my waking hours today looking at this. I mean, or, or my natural life. I mean, I don't care. I might be here like the next time we record our podcast, I might still be at my computer looking at pictures of stuffed dead animals in the worst possible positions. Um, sometimes I'm just passing a deer <laughs> in a wedding dress. I I have to say my favorite one. <laughs> I I mean, like I I don't know I don't know what to say. Did you see like the BDSM like rats or something? That is absolutely. Is that what you're going to talk about? The one yeah. that I'm looking at. Yeah, right I mean, now, and it and, I and it has that I literally just shared in a couple of places. It has the um. Have, it says I'm, relationship I'm just, goals. So. Yeah. Right. Relationship goals. Mm-hmm. So we have two rats. Right. One is wearing a corset and has a what I believe to be a crop. I think and, so. And like yes. A, like a masquerade, uh, like little like <laughs> mask. Mask. Thing it's a mask. That it's like it holding. Is. Yeah. Uh, clearly, somebody has applied mascara to this rat. Yeah. And the eyelashes. <laughs> the 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 three, the Why three not? eyelashes it has, are just outstanding. Its mouth is 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 open as if it's like shocked at what it's seeing, but it's it knows what it's done. It's not shocked. I it mean, knows it knows it it put the other rat in the position that the other rat is in. The I other believe. rat is restrained. Mm-hmm. Uh, has four uh, what appears to be perhaps leather 
cuffs around. I think it's leather, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if the artist not, is right, real I'm leather, not, but I whatever. Can't, I can't do this from here. That's fine, but there's, there's something in the, in the other rat's mouth, perhaps. Uh, that, well, right? well, first, first, it's on a, it's a, the, the four appendages are restrained to a Saint James cross, which is mm -hmm. just basically an X. Uh, it right. has a ball gag. It does. In yes. its mouth. That's a thing. And then it's it a, has it's a thing. some sort of, uh, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. Like it's lots of straps thing. all over. Like it's wearing these straps though. It's wearing the straps and the other one is just like looking at it like, hey, this is what I wanted. So whatever. And all this appears to be happening on somebody's kitchen counter. Because that's where it happens, obviously, with rats when they're doing their their thing. It's on people's kitchen right. counters. So, so obviously, that's what's happening. This is a this is a Facebook page, everybody. So, um, if you want to see this for yourself, it is the April twelfth post on Crap Taxidermy, and I'm I'm glad that you thought of the exact same post that I thought of because I I've been looking at this page for like a week. And that is the this one is, that this is. is literally the first time I looked at it. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. th that that is the one that stuck out to me since um, Devin, our absentee co-host, told me this. So, like, somebody did that, but all like the rest of them are really good too. Well, that's about all we have for you guys this week. The music used in the show tonight was written and performed by Adam Johnson. Was used with his permission, and you can reach him at adamjohnsondc at gmail.com. You can find the full show notes on our website, ascienceenthusiast.com, including links to tonight's guest, Dr. Clay Jones' podcast called The Prism Podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes and telling your friends about us. You can also find us on SoundCloud and on the YouTubes if you're so inclined. If you made it to the end and you're listening to this, thanks for giving us a slice of your time this week. Be sure to check out next week's episode when we're going to have special guest Lauren from Biology Babe on. Why, why am I on this show? Why, oh, why well, did you ask me? Who well, am because, I? I mean, who are you? I mean, you're, you're just, you're some guy that, that we saw speak Disembodied at, voice. at Nexus. I, yeah. And, and a Twitter person. It's like so hot. I'm like drenched in sweat. <laughs>